Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. You are on the air with Jody James, Executive Director of Florida Cannabis Action Network, and David Kowalski of the Cannabis Information Network. Tonight, we will be discussing First and Fourth Amendment rights, and by knowing your rights, how you can protect yourself and your loved ones. Good evening, Jody. Hi, David. How are you tonight? I am doing fantastic. I'm excited. I'm very, very excited um, because we got big things happening. Um, you know, we're we are actually. Uh, you know what? Hell, I'll go ahead and and let you tell everyone where you're right now. Well, I'm actually sitting in Tallahassee at the Kathy Jordan Legislative Action Center. We have rented an apartment here in Tallahassee for legislative session, and I'm here with Kathy Jordan, who is the president of Florida Cannabis Action Network. We're going to be working on the Kathy Jordan Medical Cannabis Act, which is the name, the short name of the bill that's being introduced in the House and the Senate, maybe even this week. So we were sitting here putting together the legislative maps and figuring out who our friends were and figuring out which one's going to be on our naughty list and which one's going to be on our nice list. So, well, that definitely sounds like a that. definitely sounds like a good plan, you know, so on and so forth for yeah. sure. Um, when we come back from our little uh, music interlude here, we're going to get into talking about um, uh, probably a lot more of our Fourth Amendment rights at first than our, our than the First Amendment right, but kind of a little bit of both, um, and uh, get into uh, tonight's discussion. So uh, everyone who's listening well, out there, and, huh? You certainly don't want to exercise one without the other. That is that is absolutely true. Um, so when we get back, we're going to get into it. And, uh, for right now, you guys enjoy some, uh, music and, uh, we'll be back with you in just a few minutes. Join Robert Platchorn, America's longest imprisoned nonviolent marijuana offender as he presents the silver tour on a mission to educate the senior community of the United States about the medicinal value of cannabis. For more information on the silver tour, visit www.the silvertour.org and we are back with the cannabis network radio um jody james with the florida cannabis action network will uh, lead off this segment with a little bit about uh exercising your first and fourth amendments rights with uh something that came up in the buckeye state i think you said well actually um let's give a shout out to danka anybody who's been listening that was danka don't be uh don't be afraid which we were talking in the break was a perfect segue into talking about the First Amendment and the Fourth Amendment. And I brought up something that's happening in the news this week. Uh, some of our listeners may have caught. Uh, a couple in Tennessee was driving through Tennessee, and they were pulled over. Um, apparently, the officer who did the pulling over looked at the um, pot leaf, on the back of the couple's car. Now, mind you, the couple was 65, a couple of 65-year-olds, and they saw the pot leaf on the back of the couple's car, and the officer, you know, being prudent or whatever the hell we're going to call this today, decided to pull the, cover, uh, uh, to pull the car over to investigate. For those of you who caught that whole Buckeye reference, uh, the couple was fr uh, fans of Ohio State Buckeyes. So the Ohio State University. So it was not a pot leaf on their car. It was a Buckeye. So First Amendment. Do I have a First Amendment right to put a pot leaf on my car? 
and am I going to get pulled over if I do? And if I put a pot leaf on my car, knowing that I'm going to get pulled over if I do, then that's where you better know your Fourth Amendment rights. So I thought that was a nice way to start this evening with some topicals. Um, the First Amendment, of course, gives me the right to um, to put a pot leaf on my car, but I think probably most people don't, right? Is that kind of the, the opinion? Well, I think some people would be uh, definitely, I guess, non-inclined to do so because of the fear of being hassled or potentially hassled just because they are exercising their First Amendment right of freedom of speech um, and showing things that they support. Um, you know, as, as you know, as well as I know, and other people in this movement know, you kind of have to make a commitment to kind of put yourself out there, um, and know the potential, I guess, repercussions that may come with it. Um, and some people aren't ready to cross that line yet for sure. So. Well, you know, I, I guess I totally get that. Now, if you know that you are never going to be carrying cannabis in your car for whatever reason, you're not growing at home, you're not a regular pot smoker, but you support or you know someone who uses this as medicine, you love somebody, then maybe it's time that we started putting those leaves out there. I, I mean, we, you know, we, we take a case to court. I, I agree. I agree. But one of the things of why, you know, I, I thought it would be a good idea to do this segment is because people do get intimidated by the police and police will conjure up all kinds of things, you know, to go ahead and get those handcuffs on you because that's just the way they roll. And you know, that's part of the things that we fight to change, you know, both with Cannabis Information Network and also with the Florida Cannabis Action Network, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. We definitely should make a stand and make our voices heard. And I, I always say, you know, let it be known, um, you know, act sensibly. You know, if you're going to have a pot leaf on your car, just be smart about what you got in your car. And I do definitely sure concur, with, carrying, yeah, right? definitely concur with that assessment. So, you know. Well, you know, that's where when, I, when we started this segment, I said that you have to consider if you're going to exercise the First Amendment, you kind of have to know the Fourth. Um, but by the same token, if you're um, a person of color or a minority, bless your heart, I was talking to some friends in Gainesville and a shout out to the Florida Theater. And the folks who own the Florida Theater there in Gainesville, um, they were kind enough to let us do a show there. And they were telling me that um, he's a Latino, an absolutely phenomenal guy, and he said that there's a point on 75 that he gets pulled over or someone else that's among his friends gets pulled over on that course on 75 two or three times a week they'll get pulled over. And he was talking about the music's too loud or the spinners or they didn't like this or the tenting's too dark. Like you said, it's always an excuse to pull them over. So um, when you get pulled over, David, what's the first thing that you would do? I get out of my car and lock it. <laughs> that's that's the exactly. first thing I do. I get out of my car and I lock it. You know, and and even if the police officer tells me to stay in my vehicle, you know, I don't even give him an opportunity. I just basically get out, lock my car, um, and I'm already out, and my car is locked. Yeah. And then hands are in plain sight. Mm -hmm. Always keep your hands in plain sight. Um, one of the things that you need to remember is not to carry things in the passenger of your car because if the police do pull you over and they do get inside the cab of their car, um, they've pretty much upheld the right that they have the, the right to kind of look around and make sure well, that you don't have anything dangerous. Right. So I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, car, you're in yeah, it's definitely prudent to, uh, 
to make sure that if you have anything that you shouldn't have or not that you shouldn't have that would be deemed inappropriate in today's society um, or in the state or other states at the time um, to not have it obviously in plain sight, you know, and, and, you know, I, I recommend personally to people, um, you know, just be smart when you're driving, you know, if you're going to, you know, hot box or you're going to toke and go, um, definitely make sure that your licenses, your know, license plates are current, your registration's current, your taillights and headlights and all that stuff are working because, you know, they find reasons to pull you over. So, you know, just act smart. You know, I, I wouldn't say go the speed limit because that also kind of trips cops off too. Um, you know, keep it about five above or so flow of traffic kind of ish because if you are, are really being mindful of your speed and whatever, that attracts attention as well. So. Um, but well, uh, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't play one on TV. And I try not to encourage people to change the law. I try to encourage people to to I'm sorry, not to break the law, but to change the law. So you know, but even if it, it again, if you're someone who um, might be pulled over for whatever reason, you need to know your rights. And part of it is you don't have to submit to a search. No, nope. um, just say no. You have over yeah if you've been pulled over and it's a righteous stop you know i said I, I'm, I'm not a lawyer and i don't play one on tv a couple of years ago we had an attorney in and we asked him to do a know your rights and he had a simple mantra and that was only commit one crime at a time i thought that was a pretty good idea yeah. <laughs> um you know if thought. your license plates are not valid then probably you shouldn't be carrying a, a handgun um because you're just complicating things um, and police are looking for, you know, any kind of reason to complicate things. And, and we need activists who aren't being compromised on the side of the road. That's one of the things that has always gotten me about the war on drugs is it seems like they get some Joe Smo on the side of the road and he's got a couple joints in a baggie. And before you know it, Joe is turning in half of his friends so he doesn't have to go to jail. Yeah. When if Joe had known his rights in advance, he probably never had to even come up off of the baggie. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, the truth the truth is, is that, you know, a lot of people tend to get flustered or intimidated by the police when they come up and they forget that they have the right to remain silent. Like you have the right to remain silent. And the best advice that I can give a person is if you feel like, you know, you're getting more than just a traffic citation is – you know, you just remain silent and you let the police officer know that you're invoking that right to remain silent. And you also immediately say, I'm not going to say anything more until I speak with an attorney. Um, pretty much at that point in time, um, the police officer is not allowed to ask you any more questions and is not allowed to, you know, coerce you into, into saying anything. Um, well, and, he's allowed to continue. To, police can lie. Yeah. They can force you. And they have the gun. Well, right. They have a gun and a badge, which is which is the intimidating factor. But one thing which 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 I will say um, is I hear this a lot, you know, from police. It's like, oh, well, if you just tell us, I'll make I'll make the you know I'll make it easier for you. I'll make it better for you, or I'll tell this and person. Don't make deals. They don't it's have the authority to do so. They they have exactly. no they have no right to do that. They have no right to even say it, and that's a lie. And if they say to you, oh, just tell us where it is or where you got it from or whatever the case is, and we'll go easy on you, it doesn't make a difference. And honestly, um, you know, whether it be a joint or you know, a bag or whatever the case is, you're going to get in the same amount of trouble if you don't let them search your car and they you know, search it. If you go ahead and 
tell them where it is. You know, so well, the, I, th- I think we're going really fast, um, and I and I get that. In 2000, Florida Cannabis Action Network put together a program that we called Drug War Follies, uh, Common Mistakes Made in the War on Drugs. And basically, it was a Fourth Amendment exercise. We had also created um, uh, Know Your Rights for the First Amendment. We did an extensive First Amendment. uh, But this Fourth Amendment was pretty interesting because it is. it's, It's common mistakes made. Invariably, when someone calls our legal support network, it is, I was driving down the road. My taillights weren't good. Well... Okay, now I know what you got pulled over. And then what happened? Well, the cop saw my bong sitting between the seat and took me to jail. Hmm, let me see. Um, what else? Oh, that join the ashtray. I get that pretty commonly. Um, but law enforcement, as soon as they pull over someone that they have profiled as a potential cannabis user, one of the first things they're going to say is, I smell cannabis, right? Isn't that what your experience? Yes. And what would you say? Well, you wouldn't say anything because you're already out of the car and your well, car's locked. I would be out of the they car. I, I would be out of the car. But the couple times that that I have been in a situation where they're like, "Oh, I think you know, we smell pot," I'd be like, "Oh, well, I don't. You know, what have you been smoking?" But you know, that's the you know, it, it all depends on your comfort level with with you know dealing dealing with the police. One one thing that I have learned over my years is I don't get intimidated by the police. I don't let them get intimidate me because if the, if a person gets intimidated, they're psychologically not prepared to deal with a plethora of questions. Um, they'll ask you questions to try to confuse you, to trip you up, so on and so forth, all based on the fact that you're nervous, that you're being pulled over. You know you're doing something wrong. So my first suggestion to everyone is know that when you are smoking cannabis or when you're ingesting cannabis in some way, you're not doing something wrong. You know, That's right. for, forget, right. forget what the stereotype is. Forget what, you know, everyone's telling you, forget the hype. You are using a plant that is helping you in some way or another and don't feel like you're doing something wrong. That's the first key is to feel like you're not doing something wrong. Um, but honestly, all joking aside, one of the best things to do is um, if you if you do not feel comfortable at the point like I do to get out of your car and lock it because you know the cops are going to say something to you. And people say, well, isn't that a reason for them to search your vehicle? Yes and no. But by getting out of your car and locking it, it becomes a whole new type of ball game for the police. So we can get into that a bit later. But if you're in the car, all I can say is keep your hands on your steering wheel. Like till the police officer comes over, so he can see where your hands are. Police officers make you know feel comfortable with that, and be polite to them. Don't be a smartass. Really, really don't be. As much as you want to be, be like yes sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, no sir. Um, you know if if they're gonna give you a ticket, you know if you really want to fight it, fight it in court. Don't try to argue it there. You know. Let them write out your ticket and be on your merry way and then fight it afterwards. In Florida, it's one of the easiest states where you can write a letter and say, hey, I'm going to pay my ticket in full. Give me adjudication, um, you know, which means you won't get any points. You won't get anything insurance company. They just want the revenue and then finished. You're done. You know, if you start trying to say, oh, well, I'm late for this and how to go to the bathroom and you start making excuses, you know, you're going to draw the conversation on and on longer. Just, you know, thank you. I know we're wrong. Don't even answer. I actually stopped signing for tickets a long time ago. 
Like I refuse to sign the tickets because you don't have to. Um, well, you know. as Kathy said, you can always put sign it under protest. Um, you were talking about yes sir, no sir. One of the things that I think really changes the perception maybe is calling the officer by his name. Well, yes, yes. Um, it's got it on. Every officer has to have it on his uniform. Mm-hmm. That's part of the gig. So as opposed to yes, sir, how about well, Officer Jones, because he's going to be calling me by my name. Right. And there's some there's power in that. And yeah. if I'm calling him by name and he's calling me by name, we're more on the same level. On a social level. As opposed yeah. to me being over here going, oh, please don't hurt me, Mister, with a gun. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's a very that's a very good point, you know that that you make to try to you know any any type of uh, of personal uh, personal um, connection you can make with them is is advantageous to you, you know like um, you know I, I I don't know it's just you know for me I a I don't really get pulled over a lot knock on wood um, you know when I do I kind of just go with the flow i don't like get overly nervous or anxious or you know whatever i mean the only time you know i really have hassles is when i do get out of my car and lock it they're like get back in and i'm like well you know i'm i'm already out i'm already out of my car you know uh, my back's hurting me you're gonna give me a ticket you know i'm in plain view you can see my whole body you know i, I never really understood that concept i mean i i, I understand the reason why they want to keep you in your car but actually coming from a public safety perspective it would be much more advantageous for a person to get out of their car than stay in their car because you know you can have no direct line of sight in a vehicle you know i would from a security perspective i would much rather see a person in plain view their whole body than in a car or behind places where i can't see what they're doing while i'm in my vehicle writing a ticket or running their license or whatever the case is so you know. they would ultimately say it has something to do with your safety on the side of the road. They they do but, say that. They did say for for your safety and the officer's safety, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it it is what it is. Um, you know, once I'm out, I'm locking the car, I'm not getting back in until, you know, he hands me my license and my ticket. Um, because once he hands you your license, you're free to go. You are free to go. Um you can check out some video for the journey for justice in Florida. And if you dig around, you'll find some video on YouTube of a stop where we were in North Florida. We were doing the journey for justice, which is really where I learned a lot of my first and fourth amendment rights. The journey for justice. We started at Stark prison, um, over, it's kind of outside of Jacksonville, kind of out that way. Stark Penitentiary is where most people know. That's where the death penalty is. That's where they send us when they give us life in prison. It's the Stark. Well, that was where they send the boys, not girls like me. Um, but they send the boys to Stark. And so we started our adventure in Stark. We did um, 200 and some odd miles. There were wheelchairs leading the way. And we had a moving caravan. And our vehicles had signs on them and, and taut leaves. Uh, the lead vehicle had a big sign that said, don't you dare arrest my parents and thank you for pot smoking. And so, you know, that's kind of where we started. When you start with a big sign that says, thank you for pot smoking, there's just really no place to go from there. Um, during that adventure, our caravan got pulled over eight times in six miles. 
um, in what was that up here uh, on our way to Tallahassee? Where were we? In Madison, yeah, between Madison and um, oh, I'm facing that little that little town here. Oh, Swanee. Between Madison and Swanee, we got pulled over eight times in six miles. Now, we were only traveling about five miles an hour, so it wasn't like we got pulled over, you know, one time right after another. Do you think they were but, profiling uh, you? Yeah, well, you know, the big thank you for pot smoking sign. It was kind of interesting because we had called in advance to tell them that we were coming and asked for law enforcement escort right. because we were going to be traveling at three miles an hour and we didn't want to, you know, get in the way of traffic and things. And they told us they were too busy to escort us. And then they had enough. It was cute, though, because the one guy, he just pulled us over to tell us what a good job we were doing. <laughs> but um, the the one gentleman did, he uh, got went, went through a red light, quite frankly. We were kind of caravanning, going real slow. And there were probably 11 vehicles at this point. And the back vehicle uh, had a yellow flashing light on it, right, to mark the beginning and the end of the caravan. So we had um, a vehicle in the front that was protecting wheelchairs, patients who were wheelchair-bound, who were in wheelchairs. And then we had um, two Class A RVs, and then we had support vehicles following that. So the back vehicle ran a red light. Now, the traffic was stopped and kind of moving him on, and he was obviously part of our caravan. But here comes Officer Friendly, um, and he wrote the citation and went through the whole thing, and we had locked the vehicle up, just like you had suggested. Well, when it came time for us to go, the officer had written the citation, and you can find this on YouTube. You can check out the video yourself. When it came time, the guy had written the citation, and they handed it to him, and then the cop goes, well, I'd like you to wave here. We're going to bring in the dog. You yeah, don't no. have any problems. Yeah, no. Right? Yeah, no. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's like 11 vehicles. And so I'm rolling the rest of the vehicles. And this poor guy's sitting there like a deer in the headlights with his eyes big around. Mm -hmm. And the guy who was doing legal support for us at the time, Kevin Applin, who is a phenomenal activist and helped founded co-founded the Florida Cannabis Action Network and actually was instrumental in founding the National Cannabis Action Network. Uh, Kevin was going, no, Ross, get in the vehicle. Go, Ross, go. <laughs> Ross was like, oh, literally, his eyes were as big as saucers, but he got in the vehicle and he, we put him into the, as opposed to the end of the caravan, we put him into the middle of the caravan. But you know what's cool? What's they didn't cool? chase it. Well, he had no right to, and I think he knew that. So we exercise our right. Exercise our right, and that's a good thing. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just talk about something real quick, and we're going to go into a little bit of a music break here. Um, I'm going to let people know about the uh, 2013 Florida Legislative Pin that we do have available with a $25 donation um, at www.flcan.org. Um, we do have. Uh, we will send you out a 2013 Florida Legislative Pin. Uh, where you can own a part of history with this limited edition Florida legislative pin. You should show your support of legalization in the Sunshine State by wearing this pin proudly. And these are the very same pins that we are wearing um, with our legislative delegation from the Florida Cannabis Action Network as we've been trained to the cannabis laws in Tallahassee. Um, and 
we're going to make 2013 the year of the plant, the sunshine state, because, uh, you know, it, it is definitely the sunshine of my life. So that is for sure. All right, we'll be back in just a few minutes after some tunes here. Uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back with more on uh, your First and Fourth Amendment rights. And we are back. I apologize if there was any uh, dead air time for some little technical issue you have with the music. Um, but we're back, and we've got lots more to discuss. Uh, you just heard uh, Cope, and I think it was Babylon Man. That was Cope with Babylon Man. Thank you very much, guys, for that. Um, I would like to take this opportunity to let everyone know about uh, My Medicine, which is a book written by Irv Rosenfeld tells the amazing story of how Irv Rosenfeld became one of the select few American citizens to have the U.S. government grow and supply his medical marijuana for over a quarter of a century. That's actually about 30 years now. For more information, visit MyMedicineTheBook.com. Well, Jody, that was a very interesting story that uh, you told us about the journey for justice. And, uh, you know, police... Law enforcement in general really do try to find ways to just, you know, be overbearing and uh, really take advantage of, of people by, you know, their intimidating tactics. And um, you know, I wish there really was a way to to let people know that it's, it's okay to just, you know, say no. Because um, one of the most important things you can do is, is exercise your, you know, Fourth Amendment right and your First Amendment right. Um, of of not of illegal search and seizure, you know, and and you really need to make that known and make the officer aware that that um, you're doing so. Um, and one thing which I would suggest and recommend too, um, which I actually started doing, um, I did it once so far. Again, I don't really get pulled over that frequently. I'm not looking to get pulled over. Is most cell phones these days have a recording devices. Um, whether it be video cameras, audio recording, or whatever the case is, flat out start recording your interactions with the police officer if you feel it's going to be a problem, you know, or if you feel the police officer is, um, you know, acting in, in a manner that's not appropriate, start recording it. There's absolutely no reason why you cannot do so. It is your absolute right to be able to record and protect yourself. Um, and if the police try to tell you otherwise, they're lying to you. Well, it should you your encounter with a law enforcement result in a citation, a notice to appear, an arrest. Um, one of the first motions that you need to ask your lawyer to file is a motion to preserve the videotape. If you forgot to videotape or don't have a videotape available or your camera phone, um, some of these cars now, the police cars, have video cameras. So maybe officer friendly was a little zealous. One of the things that you were talking about um, is, you know, getting to the point where you can, you know, comfortably exercise your first or your fourth amendment right, as the case may be, your right to say no, as, as you put it. Kathy, during the break, reminded me that, you know, as a parent, Kathy and I are both parents. You're a parent, David. Um, as parents, it's our job to teach our kids. Um, when it's okay to talk to strangers and when it's not. And in the case of, uh, you know, stranger danger, your kids really don't need to be having certain conversations, whether it be with the principal or it be the police resource officer at school. 
on, you know, the moral of the story is, is when they first start going to school, you teach your kids that they don't need to talk to these authorities without you being present. Um, you know, that's what we can do. My kids are not going to have a conversation with a police officer on the side of the road because my kids are far more afraid of me than they are of the law. No, no. I don't mean that. But, um, I'm, I'm their biggest What advocate. are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm trying to say I'm their biggest advocate. And they know that um, I may understand a situation differently than they do. And that goes back to you just don't have to say anything to them. If you're not sure what to say, say nothing. We get ourselves in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, when Officer Friendly says, uh, is that marijuana I smell? A most common response is, oh, no, that's my girlfriend's perfume. Oh, no, that's my patchouli. Oh, no, that's, oh, no, shut up. I don't smell anything. And as soon as you say I don't smell anything, you have not given the officer oath or affirmation. And when he has pulled you over because of your taillight or maybe you uh speeding or he couldn't, you know, I think the last time I got pulled over, honest to goodness, last time I got pulled over, it was for um, the little taillight there that illuminates your um, your light, your uh, license plate. Yeah. Who checks that? And I did exactly what you said. I got out of the car, and um, it, it actually ended up being... Um, one of those situations where he was not happy with me being out of the car. Most police officers I, will not be happy with you getting out of the car because they, and he wasn't. But I was out of the car by then, and I'm sorry, officer. What's the problem? You know, at this point, I'm a flustered lady, um, not someone that. But I'm out of the car because if I'm out of the car, there's no question whether he smells anything, right. because he's nowhere near the car. Right. Um, if you can't get out of the car for whatever reason, roll up the window. You don't have to have the window down in his face if there's a, a fear that there might smell something. Well, one thing which I but will say know, about, about getting out of your car, I just want to interject real quick, is definitely don't walk towards the police officer. Get out of your car, lock it, and kind of just move towards the front of it, but don't start walking towards the police officer because then they'll get kind of trigger happy and... uh you know that's that's not a good thing. So uh, stay around your vehicle. Don't don't like try to be, because they'll translate. Even if you're just walking slowly or asking a question, God knows what they can translate that to or claim that you're doing. So um, just if you're gonna do that, be responsible with it. And you know, just lean up against your car. Um, always keep your hands in plain sight. Don't stick your hands in your pockets. Um, you know, and just you know, just kind of don't be, submit to a search. It, it, even if you don't have anything to hide, and I think that's probably, you know, well, I don't have anything to hide. If I submit to a search, it's going to go really quickly if I just comply. No, no, never, ever, no. ever, ever consent to a search, ever, ever. If they don't have a warrant, don't consent to a search. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, in some of these things, it's, like you said, it's intimidating. I really love, um, there's a group out of Texas, by the, they call themselves Cop Watch. Mm. And part of what they did um, as an organization is they taught folks their First and their Fourth Amendment rights. Because, again, these are kind of muscles, right? Your rights are like muscles. If you don't exercise them, they atrophy. 
And police aren't used to people saying no on the side of the road. That's part of the reason why we get bullied. Right. Is because they're just not used to people saying no. Um, you know, whoever decided that we were going to let law enforcement, we were going to grade them on a scale, depending on how many people they pulled over, that was just a bad idea to begin with. But as long as that's the system, um, we have to minimize our encounters with law enforcement. Now, luckily, there is a group out there, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, and Law Enforcement Against Prohibition are as a group, international group of cops, um, judges, prosecutors, people on the side of enforcement who have come to realize that prohibition is the problem. It's not the drug. So, you know, not all cops out there are against us. There really are a lot of thoughtful officers out there who are not making it their business to harass pot smokers on the side of the road. Now, the nice thing about the ones who are out there who make it their business to harass pot smokers is as often as not, they get in trouble. Somebody calls them on it, and if you go and you look in their personnel file, you will find that officer-friendly is not so friendly. Um, we had an opportunity, Florida Can does a little bit of legal support work from time to time, cases of particular interest. And back in the um, early 2000s, we had a very active legal support network. We had a particular case that um, a woman had been pulled over in St. Lucie County, and we thought there was something hinky about it. So we used freedom of information, and Florida has one of the most wonderful uh, sunshine laws, which has to do with open government. So we used the uh, Florida Sunshine, which is Statute 192, and we requested all of the information on that police officer. So literally, I, as a member of the Cannabis Action Network, wrote a letter to the St. Lucie Police Department, and I told them that I wanted an appointment to come in, and I wanted to examine the police officers. And here's the trick. I wanted to examine his police records, his personnel file, but I also wanted to examine his um, internal affairs file. So when you look at his personnel file, you find out what a wonderful guy he is, right? He has all these citations and all these wonderful letters about how he helped the cat out of the tree and the whole BS of all wonderful friendly. But when you get into the confidential affairs file, then you find the complaint. So every time that the court sanctions the guy for being a little overzealous with the Fourth Amendment, every time he gets cited, every time someone complains. So if you happen to be the unfortunate victim of an overzealous police officer, and now you have served your time and you've done your punishment, and you're never going to see officer friendly again, it benefits everybody if you write a little letter. Dear Chief of Police of St. Lucie County, my name is Jane, and I was pulled over by Officer Joe, because you remember you knew his name, because you called him by name when he got pulled over. Officer Joe, and I think that he violated my Fourth Amendment rights, and I felt like he was overly zealous. Well, I paid my fine, and I did my time, but I think Officer Joe was wrong. Well, now when it comes time for me to defend the next client, and I can go in and I can show a pattern of people who have felt like Officer Joe just really wasn't friendly, 
now it's not his word against your word. It's a bad cop against somebody who's never been in front of a judge before. So it really helps if we can start to identify the bad ones. Because sooner or later, they're going to make themselves known. They're going to act like jerks because, well, they've been bullies all their lives. That's all they know how to do. And if they haven't joined law enforcement against prohibition, then we have to assume they're on the wrong side of this prohibition issue. Well, speaking, I mean, speaking of law enforcement and prohibition, that's one thing that, uh, you know, I, I definitely do is I, uh, at any given moment, I have leap information in my car. And like a lot of times or, or the last time I actually got a ticket when I was uh, driving up to New Orleans, uh, when he handed me the ticket, I handed him a uh, law enforcement and prohibition brochure. You know, I said, here, I'll trade you. So, uh, there you go. You know, I take every I take every opportunity, even if I'm I am getting a ticket for something, to uh, educate the police on on the fact. And you know, surprisingly enough, I mean, we, we're kind of dogging on the cops a little bit, but I will tell you, as being being part of this movement, I have I, I'm very surprised to say I've come across an insurmountable amount of police officers um, in uniform that that will flat out come and tell me it's like, look, I don't think like you know this should be crime. You know, and that's a great opportunity for people. You know, a lot of people, you know, if they sit down in a restaurant, they see cops sit down at a table, they want to sit as far away as possible. I sit right next to them. I talk about pot as loud as I can because that'll definitely, <laughs> that'll definitely pique their interest. <laughs> you know, um, I put uh, flyers on their cruisers, <laughs> you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, I definitely take every opportunity to educate, you know, the police and. Uh, well, Cassie is here with me um, for the listeners who are just coming in. I'm here in Tallahassee. I'm Jody James, and I'm here in Tallahassee with Kathy Jordan. Um, Kathy is the president of the Florida Cannabis Action Network, and we're actually here in Tallahassee advocating for the Kathy Jordan Medical Cannabis Bill, which is the short title for our most wonderful bill that we have, our medical bill that's going to be introduced here in Florida. But uh, Kathy... Is was mindful that here in Tallahassee, the Capitol Police have always been on our side. So, you know, for the most part, at law enforcement, and you said we were kind of dogging law enforcement, and, and no, I was dogging those select few radicals who act like bulldogs and saying that we can identify them and we can remove them and that we can get them taken out of the equation. So I, I think there's an awful lot of um, good peace officers out there that want to do the right thing, and if we give them an opportunity to, they will. You know, who wants to enforce a bad law? And for the most part, if someone is committing no other crime than possession of cannabis, it's probably going to be a sad day and a waste of time um, to to take them to jail. And I think most law enforcement know that. But, yeah, more and more we're seeing law enforcement on our side. I'm, I'm convinced. Now, um, for listeners who have their calendars out, uh, starting March 19th and running through the end of March, Neil Franklin, who's the executive director of law enforcement against prohibition, is going to be in Florida with us. We've got public stops for him on um, March 18th in Jacksonville. We have a public speaking event for him here in Tallahassee on the 20th. The complete calendar is coming together, but he will be down as far south as Naples and over to Fort Lauderdale. So hopefully all of our listeners can catch him someplace around the state. And if not, you should definitely get online 
and check out L-E-A-P dot C-C. That's leap. Like, take a jump, make the leap uh, dot C-C and find out more about these cops and judges that are coming out and speaking out against the war on drugs. But the First Amendment is alive and well. We get to exercise it here. I hope that all of our listeners will exercise their First Amendment right by contacting their lawmakers over the coming days to let them know that marijuana is a priority. We believe that the Kathy Jordan Medical Cannabis Act can become law this year. If it becomes law, then by October of 2013, patients in Florida will have access cards. They'll be able to grow their own medicine or they'll be able to go into a dispensary and get medicine that's going to work for their disease or ailment. Doctors in Florida will be able to act like doctors and treat their patients with the medicine that's best. But if we don't exercise our First Amendment, if we don't understand that now's the time to speak out, this isn't going to happen for patients in Florida this year, and we'll have another 600 people die from skin cancer and other ailments that could be treated with cancer. Yeah. And I, I definitely concur with that and the thought of, of that kind of, I'm going to say, almost utopic idea of being able to have access to medicine, have the patients have access to medicine, have, you know, uh, uh, treatment centers, clinics, co-ops, whatever whatever title they're given. Um, it's it's one of those things that, that, you know, me and the rest of the people, you know, in this movement aspire to, uh, you know, and dream about happening. And, you know, I think that we're going to make this a reality very, very soon. Um on that note, um, you know, as the development director for FLCAN, I'm going to put out there and say, look, legislation's not cheap. So uh, what I'm going to ask people out there is whatever you can help us out with, go to www.flcan.org or www.legalizefl.org, sorry, not .com, .org, um, and help us out with whatever you can, because this is definitely a a uh, a need that we have as well. To go ahead and make sure that we're funded to uh, be able to produce the literature that we need, to be able to reach out to the constituents, um, to be able to make sure that our staff is fed, um, keep the roof over our head. Um, so anything to help us out with, we greatly appreciate it, and we thank you. And you're supporting a good cause. And even if you don't live in the Sunshine State, you know, help us put a good build together. Help us put a good um, structure together, and then we can move on and help you in your state. So. You know, right now, if you've got a Walmart card that you're not going to use, it's got ten dollars on it. If you've got a public something like that, put it in the open post office box. Yeah, um, the connection's kind of fading out. So, what, you know, Jody was saying is that if even if you have like you know Publix card, a Walmart card. Um, you know, a, a, a Friday's card, any type of you know gift cards too. If you don't, you know, feel comfortable sending, you know, cash or, or donating, you know, online, you know, any type of donations help, you know, to keep our, our staff fed by necessities we need. Um, you know, office supplies, food, you know, all that. Um, every little bit does help our cause, and whatever we can offset by generous donations. Um, by our supporters, we can go ahead and put more resources back into, um, you know, fighting for getting this legislation passed. So, um, and that's pretty much, uh, looks like we got about uh, three more minutes. So uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, wrap up the show a little bit and kind of just put our last uh, few minutes in and, and uh, just put out there, uh, guys, if you get pulled over, just remember, keep your cool, keep your wits about you. Just say no, 
when I mean just say no, do not consent to any type of search and seizure. Um, you know, if it's a ticket, just take it, fight it afterwards, don't draw it out. Um, again, if you feel the police officer is being aggressive towards you, um, know your rights, stand by your rights, and, uh, you know, don't say anything, don't consent to anything, and believe it or not, you will be okay by the end of the day. Well, this is Jody and Kathy signing off from Tallahassee. All right, guys. I'll be looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow. So. Say a prayer for us. We'll going do. into battle. <laughs> Have a good night, ladies. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for joining us this evening on the Cannabis uh, Network radio show. And we look forward to uh, talking to you all next Tuesday evening, uh, hopefully a half hour earlier, a normal time slot of 9 to 10. Thank you all. Absolutely. Be safe and have a great night.